This episode, Apple Cranberry Slump. Welcome. I'm Bruce Weinstein. I'm the chef in Bruce and Mark. Hey there, and I'm Mark Scarborough. I'm the writer. And together we've published more than 25 cookbooks and won some national awards like the IACP People's Choice Award this year, baby. And some international awards like the Gourmand Award at the Paris Book Show, Fifi. And we've appeared on a number of national bestseller lists. We were two below Fifty Shades of Grey this year. I have always wanted to be two below Fifty Shades of Grey. I may be the chef, but today I'm getting out of the kitchen. Because I've got a secret. As a writer, I haven't cooked a thing in years, except maybe bowls of kibble for the collies. That's about to change. Mark's headed into the kitchen. Remember, he's a writer, and he gets easily distracted, usually by bourbon. Hey, watch it. I'm doing the cooking. And I'm going to help you out. And I'm going to guide him, and I'm going to give him tips, and I'm going to judge him. And so after 25 books, he can finally say, Hey, I fucking made that. Today we're making a very old-fashioned dessert, and we're making it together. Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. We are making apple cranberry slump together. Mark is making the filling, and I'm making the topping. And just to be honest, I don't usually play well together in the kitchen. It's fine if he goes in and cooks, but I don't usually do this as a group activity. But sure, why not? It'll be fun. I found this recipe a while back in our book, The Ultimate Cookbook, and honestly, I'd forgotten we'd even developed a recipe for apple cranberry slump, but I guess that happens after 12,000 recipes. Also, waistlines. Uh, yeah, those pretty much happen too. So anyway, uh, I should say as I'm chopping these apples, what a slump is. A slump is a really old-fashioned American dessert. It's a kind of a cake baked, a spongy... It's not a light cake. It's a pretty dense cake, spongy cake. You can't cut it into pieces in this case. And it's baked over uh, wet, soupy fruit filling. It's pretty soupy in traditional incarnations of the dessert. So basically, it's almost like a cobbler or a crisp, but it has a different kind of topping. Sort of. And the, the fruit filling is a little wetter. It's that whole, that whole genre of fruit desserts baked in your eight or nine inch square pans. That's cobblers and crisps and pan dowdies and slumps and my favorite sonkers. Oh, we should make a sonker sometime. <laughs> Basically I a sonker, yeah. They're good. Sonker is very similar to the slump, except it's not quite as wet a filling and you pour all this melted butter over the fruit before you pour the cakey batter on there top. There you go, baby. Well, anyway, this is a, a slump. It gets its name, I guess, because the topping is supposed to slump into the filling. It does. It's, it doesn't really rise very much like the way a sonker does, which gets a light cakey topping. This is a denser, as you said, it's like a dense cake, and it does. It kind of slumps down into that wet filling and soaks it up a bit, which is really lovely. Okay, so I've been chopping two pounds of apples, and uh, I'm using one of these handy-dandy gadgets that you use to chop apples. It's got, it can core them. It can't peel them, but it can core them and slice them into sections in one fell swoop, one push down. But um, Bruce, Mr. Chef, he's resisted these sorts of gadgets for years. Well, I love gadgets. Come on, I love my pressure cooker, and I love my laser thermometer, 
But I don't like this apple corer. The best gadget for me to use for this is a knife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could peel it with a knife. And then plus, you're only going to have to cut those chunks into smaller pieces anyway. I know, I know. But You just like that thing. I like gadgets. Gadgets are nice. And I like this gadget. So let me have it. So I'm going to mix all these chopped apples with about eight ounces of cranberries that are roughly chopped up. Those are fresh cranberries. Yeah, fresh cranberries, of course. And it is the time of year. And a tablespoon of all-purpose flour. See, a tablespoon, one tablespoon. See, soupy. It's not going to be terribly thickened. And a cup of sugar and a teaspoon of ground cinnamon and a quarter teaspoon of ground nutmeg and a quarter teaspoon ground cloves. All those folly spices, autumnal spices. And I'm going to spread it in a buttered nine-inch square dish. Okay. So what if I wanted to make this less soupy? Um, first of all, you can cut down a little on the sugar because that cup of sugar with these apples is a huge amount of sugar. And sugar in baking is a liquid. Right. And it acts like a liquid. It dissolves and gets very wet. So that'll cut down. You can cut that down a bit. And then you could add more thickener. You only had a tablespoon of flour. You could put one or two tablespoons. You could also add a tablespoon of tapioca. But you've chosen... Not tapioca the writer screams instant tapioca thank you the <laughs> ground you cannot put tapioca that my grandmother made pudding out of in here you can put instant tapioca which is a ground tapioca for baking it is but let me also say you're making a slump a slump is supposed to be a little soupy and then the dense cake tops it up so make the slump right. enjoy the slump as martha stewart apparently said about julia child's croquembouche rustic you're making the rustic one aren't you <laughs> so anyway yes uh i'm gonna make a rustic dessert so maybe while i've got this filling in the pan it's a good time to stop and say something about cooking together and i think that it works best for us when we each have separate tasks much don't you? easier yeah mark's doing the filling in this and that's his own thing he'll take care of it from beginning to end he'll put it he'll use whatever gadgets he wants he'll put it in the pan and I'll make the topping, I'll put it on top. It's not like we were trying to, oh, let's say make a meatloaf together. And we're both chopping no. the herbs to put in the same bowl with the meat. And we're both adding the egg and we're both adding the breadcrumbs. That's not the best way to cook together. And it, I, I should add, too, that we're both type A's. And um, it's hard when type A's cook together. So it, I find it best if I turn off my managerial function because I really, really want to manage. And I really want to basically tell you what to do. So it's best to cook together if I turn off that managerial function. And I can do that best when I have my own little task there to do. There you go. It's a great way to cook together for yes, us. It is. And I find that the other time that's not good to cook together is for dinners and holiday parties, eh? No, it's really not because there's so much stress already in the house when you're cooking for company. So what we do there is we separate the tasks in other ways. Mark is in charge of the dining room. He will make sure oh, the hooray. table is set and he does a gorgeous job of it. Thank you. And he'll make sure the playlists are set and he'll take care of all the wine and beverages and I'll deal with the food. So your topping. I'm making the topping for the slump and I have in my bowl one cup of all-purpose flour, quarter cup of sugar, a half a teaspoon of baking powder, a half a teaspoon of salt. And then I'm whisking that to the well-blended. And now I will add my wet ingredients, which is going to be three quarters of a cup of milk and three tablespoons of butter that I melted in the microwave and I let it cool a bit. 
And you'll notice there are no eggs. No eggs. No eggs. This isn't a cake batter. It's not light and fluffy and won't have that crumb that cake batters have because of the eggs. This is like a dense, dense biscuit. It's a little chewy, too. When I made this for Book Group and Sharon about two weeks ago, I made this recipe and found it and um, put it together. And I actually changed that three-quarters cup of milk just a little. I used half a cup of milk and a quarter cup of heavy cream. And uh, it made the the cake really good. That would be rich. Rich. I know. It's so good. But that all said, I do find that the batter is a little stiff. It's really halfway between a batter and a dough. It is. I mean, you can see in my bowl right now, Mark, that this is really kind of thick. It actually almost has like a brownie or blondie batter quality. It's that thick. So the way I'm going to get it on the top of the fruit mixture is by dolloping it around the whole top. And then I don't really want to scrape it and spread it smooth. I want it to stay somewhat rustic, but I do want to connect the dollops. So I'm going to use the back of the spoon to connect them a little bit, scraping them not to the edges. I want room for those juicy juices of the apples to bubble up around. So So it can slump. mm. Okay, so you don't have to get it to the edges, as you said, and you don't want to push down, right, into the fruit. No, 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 no. Let the fruit just be just sort of lightly spread it around and leave some holes in it and don't go to the edges rustic so we're going to bake this uh, for about 45 minutes in a 375 degree oven and then you know what happens tasting and judgment no slump for you oh come on this is delicious i have to try it i think the cake is surprising because it's so dense It's not very buttery, right? It goes with the filling in some way, right? This is all about the filling for me. The apples are so delicious. It's not soup. It's like canned apple pie filling that is like the best thing you've ever had that's warm. (laughs) The best canned apple pie filling. Oh, excellent. (laughs) (laughs) It's just a great combination because it is a dense and chewy cake and it's sopping up all these apple juices in my bowl it is it seems like it needs vanilla ice cream of course everything needs vanilla ice cream (laughs) maybe um i'm just kind of amazed the way the cake just kind of takes on this palette i don't want to say a flat palette but a kind of palette for the fruit i'm i sound like i'm underselling it and i'm really not it's really just so homey when I, when I brought this to the book group a while ago, I actually brought big, you know, uh, what are those little big red cups, drink cups to serve it in? You know, oh, those solo about? cups. Yeah, those big solo cups. And they were just piling it into the cup and filling the cup up and putting filling on top of cake and cake on top of filling and blah, blah, blah. Oh, they made cup. a slump parfait. They did. And that might be the finest way to eat this thing, the slump parfait. Oh, yum. So what did you learn today? Well, I learned that old school recipes are like old friends. Aww. No, seriously. Listen, I mean, you forget about these things. You make them. I mean, even even if you don't write cookbooks, you make recipes and a long time goes by and you make them again. It's all very comfortable like uh, woolly socks. Okay. A slump is not like woolly socks. <laughs> what else did you learn? Well, I didn't learn it. But I still like kitchen gadgets. I like chopping the apples with the gadget. I can't help myself. And um, so while we're at it, what did you learn? I learned that we can actually cook together. I can cook with you and we can have fun. Oh, love. Isn't it the best thing we humans have ever invented except slump, maybe? Okay. This recipe for apple cranberry slump is from our cookbook, The Ultimate Cookbook, available wherever fine books are sold. But you can also find this recipe on our website, bruceandmark.com. 
check it out. Apple Cranberry Slump. We fucking made that together, and we didn't even kill each other. <laughs> <laughs>